Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I thank God for each and every one of you who are on the line um, participating with Blog Talk Radio this morning for Let's Talk, and also those that are listening via the Internet and those that will be listening in the future, the near future, the far future, but in the future. I thank God for this 24th day of September. I thank God for allowing my parents' birthdays to be this month, and um, I say to um, spiritually to my dad, uh, happy belated birthday, and to my mother, whose birthday is today, happy birthday. I thank God for the recovery of so many people that have been going through things financially, going through things health-wise, going through things spiritually, just going through. But the key is that they've gone through it. They didn't say it. So I'm going to turn the program over to Minister Sylvia so she can pray with us and for us. And for those who are recovering and those who are the sick and shut in. Minister Sylvia, are you available for prayer? Yes. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you on today, O Lord, to ask you to strengthen our bodies, forgive us, O God, for every sin, O Lord. God, I ask you to allow us to come before you with a willingness, God. God, let us decrease that you will increase in us, oh God. God, let us put our wants, our desires aside to fulfill the deeds that you have given us, oh God. To fulfill the want in you that you have placed in us, oh God. God, as this program stands on Matthew 6 and 33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you God we just ask you on today to put the seek back in us oh God that we seek you on purpose we seek you firmly we seek you physically God but we seek you for Everything, God. Put us in a place where we know that only you, oh God. God, put us in a place where when we don't know what to say, what to do, how to pray, God, we would just say, God, have your way in my life. I surrender to you, oh God. God, teach us how to say, Lord, I trust you, even in the middle of this. I trust you, God, even with this going on. I trust you, God, even when my mind is saying, what am I going to do about this? God, I give you all the this is in my life, God. It may sound crazy, but, God, I trust you even with this right here. When I don't know what to say, when I don't know what to do, when I don't know how to pray, God, I give this to you right now. God, teach us how to see others the way you see them. 
not always in their mess, not always in their wants, but God, how you see them in the future. You see us as done. God, stop us from seeing people for what they did. God, we ask you to heal the sick. We ask you to give wisdom and give finances and things that's to the poor that's needed. God, we ask you to take the wealthy and the sick they wise to the place where they said, God, I need you to continue to bless me or start teach me how to be a blessing to the people. God, take us the me out, the M-E, and make it the we, the W-E, where we stand before you. We stand before each other, God, seeing what can I do to help. God, I just ask you for all of those that's on their way to, to work, to church, or to help our loved ones. Safe travel going to and fro. God, keep all harm, evil, death, danger, and hurt away. God, put us on one course, and that's the course of, excuse me, that's the course of building you up. Oh, God, we thank you. God, let the people have ears to hear us today. Let them have eyes to see your word, see what your word says. Let their spirit line up with your word. Let our spirit line up with your word, oh God. God, put the seek back in us, oh God. Where we could stand with Psalms 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. From this day forth, we shall not want to know you, God, but we will know you from this day forth. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you, Minister Sylvia, for um, the prayer. I thank God for allowing us to be here to pray. I thank him for allowing us to see another birthday for our mother on this side um, of heaven and to have such great memories about her and and. I thank God for allowing us to have her because there are many people that aren't necessarily happy with um, their parents. But I've learned that whether you're happy with them or not, there is a reason that you had the set of parents you had And I thank God for the ones that he gave, Minister Sylvia and I. Because of them, we are. So if I had to give a a message title or a theme or a thought for what God has given me today, it would be, When God is writing curriculum vitae, it sounds like this. Some people may say, well, what is a CV? What's a curriculum vitae? Well, that's a Latin term. It's a type of detailed job application document used 
in academia and in certain career fields such as, you know, medicine, law, science, and things of that sort. It documents uh, the candidate's experience, their achievements, their research projects, and things of that sort. Say, why would God be writing stuff about the research projects? Well, I don't know about you, but when God has been preparing me or having me to prepare for messages and situations that I've been dealing with, I've had to perform research, not just on that subject, or even that person spiritually in prayer, but I've had to perform research on myself. So when God is writing our or your CV, the reason that it sounds like this is because it's about us getting out of his way and about us letting him write and finish the very manifestation of his handiwork on this side of heaven through each one of us. So then I was thinking, God, loving, you're loving, which is defined as feeling and showing love and great care, like a loving mother. It's about showing and being affectionate and devoted and adoring someone and doting someone, as they would say. First Lamentations, third chapter. Well, not first Lamentation. First, let's go to Lamentations, the third chapter, 22nd and 23rd verse. It says, certainly the faithful love of the Lord hasn't ended. Certainly God's compassion isn't. They are renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is talking about how we always depend on God and how even when we depended on our mothers when they were here, we depended on them even when we were disobedient or what people will call unlovable. And not only did we depend on them, but they were dependable. Our second verse that we're going to talk about for loving is John 13, verses 34 to 35. I give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. That's what God is saying. When I think about how my mother' love for us was demonstrated in such a way that we knew it was God, not only because she cooked for us and others, not only because she was always willing to help someone out, not only because 
she was even a blessing to the people that smiled in her face and talked about her behind her back. And some of them were people that were actually of the same DNA as her or who they were her associates that she constantly was there for them. They knew that they could depend on her to do something, to cook something, to take them somewhere, to pick them up, whatever, whatever, over here, over there, the north, south, the east, and west. My mother would rescue people stranded in other countries. And she would explain that sacrifice impacted you, that, you know, baby, we can't do that right now because we got to help out so-and-so. Because of her love. Jude chapter 1, 20 through 21. But you, dear friends, build each other up on the foundation of of your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep each other in the love of God. Wait for the mercy of God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will give you eternal life. Isaiah 54 and 10 says, The mountains may shift, the hills may be shaken, but my faithful love won't shift from you, and my covenant of peace won't be shaken, says the Lord, the one who pities you. Zephaniah 3 and 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. See, my mother's love was for everyone, and she was an example She knew how to be a company keeper, how to share hospitality. Just like God, my mother's love was unwavering, even when we doubted her. Just like God. God's love is unwavering, even when we doubted him disobeyed him, or wondered from him. See, my mother, she was one of my biggest cheerleaders. Come to me and my sister's games, and she would bring the other children um, if they wanted to come to, and she would take everybody out to eat or make a big meal for us. See, my mother's love was so robust that she came to my graduation. She took me and my sister on our grammar school prom. She even, her and my dad, my mother, drove all the way to South Carolina to attend my basic training, my military basic training, graduation. My mother's love was so intense that when I was in the red zone, in the combat zone, she was able to 
get in touch with some people so that she could reach out to me on her house phone and talk to me, a place where I didn't have a phone, but we used our what we call comms line. See, that's love. She was loving. Everyone that knew her knew how loving she was. And if they said they didn't, that's because they never took an opportunity to get to know her. But guess what? Many of them that didn't like her were sure eating those biscuits and eating that cornbread and that fried chicken and those smothered pork chops. I could just go on and on. And don't talk about the top pound cakes that would be missing because I ate it all. Okay, that's a whole nother subject. So that's how I know she was loving because she did not whoop me not one time. She didn't punish me. She would just say, oh, Cecilia, I got to make another one. And you know what else is known about God and the curriculum vitae that he writes? It's undeniable. You're unable to deny it or dispute it. It's indisputable. It's unquestionable, beyond doubt. It's beyond question. First John 3 and 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us and that he should be called and that he's going to call us God's children. And that is what we are because the world didn't recognize him. It doesn't recognize him. So not only did they not recognize him, they still don't recognize him, even when he's to be seen through one of the men and women of God. Jesus was perfect, and yet they couldn't see. And we have flaws, and they still can't see. Mm. But if they could think about the mercy and the grace, the undeniable mercy and grace mm, that it took for God to save us, they'd recognize him every time they look at us. So it was and is a blessing for my sister and I to be one of my mother's children because her love is and was undeniable. It was so transparent and apparent that everyone could see it, feel it, and experience it if they wanted to. Because her love was consistent, it was unwavering, the same way and yet uniquely felt by everyone the way God's love is for his members of the Trinity and for us because he sent his only begotten son to die for us even when we did not deserve it. Just like our mother, how she loved us when other people tried to turn her against her own children, her own spouse, all the things that we saw our mother go through, but yet she still loved us, was so symbolic of 
the things that God goes through, the rejections, the lies, the manipulation, all of the things that God experienced with his people, we saw our mother experience. It was undeniable that she wanted to be like Christ. Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says, Know now the Lord your God is the only true God. He is faithful because he is the faithful God who keeps the covenant and proves loyal to everyone who loves him and keeps his commands even to the thousandth generation. Ephesians 3 verses 18 through 19. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's wealth with, excuse me, the love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God, not partial, not a third, not a fourth, not a sixteenth, but the fullness of God. First Corinthians 16 and 34 says, Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, because his faithful love endures forever and is undeniable. Ephesians, the first chapter, the fifth and sixth verse, God destined us to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ because of his love. This was according to his good will and plan and to honor his glorious grace that he has given us freely through the son who he loves. Undeniable love of God that can be seen through a mother. In this case, we know how our mother, she protected us the same way God protects his children. Her love was unwavering, even at the point of one of her children having a mental challenge. Our brother, even when I had a child out of wedlock, when the church and everybody was putting their mouths on me, not that they didn't have children and people that had experienced the same thing, but it was something about, as we would say, our mother's kids. But see, God's love it was demonstrated through our mother, just like it's demonstrated through him. See, God demonstrates his love to us in the Trinity, and our mother demonstrated her love through how she loved her children and her spouse and her family. She demonstrated that agape love that God talks about that's deeper and stronger than brotherly love or that lustful love. But it was so powerful. And it needed to be powerful because, see, that lustful love and that brotherly love can be here today and gone tomorrow. But the love that my mother had for us, her children, it was here today 
and it was here tomorrow, and it's still here today while she's gone on to be with the Lord. See, even our friends and people that were of various relationships with us, that DNA and non-DNA people, people that we adopted into our family, experienced my mother's just demonstrated love, not just through her cooking, but in her very presence. When I think about the undeniable love that, and unconditional love that I saw my mother give Paula, Farley, Dexter, Rennie Rose, Alexander, Stan, Lewis, George, Reverend Tremble, Carlos, and so many others that we have brought into our homes and into our lives, our inner circles. My mom's love was indescribable, just like God's. And that's why it was so undeniable, because it was unconditional, eternal love. It was such a special bond that we didn't have to worry about telling people to honor our mother and to respect her. They automatically called her Mama Kaiser. Mm. Or as we were at a funeral uh, for our cousin Bub yesterday, and they were saying how they called one of the uh, spouses to their Uncle Paul. You know how many people called my mom, auntie, and mom, and grandma, even thinking of a young lady that uh, had went through something in life and single parenting, and she came to our house, and she didn't want to leave. But we had to send her back home to her child to take him, but she did not want to leave because the undeniable, immeasurable love and happiness that you experienced when you were with my mom and you would watch her as she would cook for the neighbors, cook for the family, cook for the people on her job, and so many others. And our mother, you didn't see her in no drunkenness, and and, and that she wasn't a person that practiced tit for tat. My mom was loved and respected. My mom was a virtuous woman. She was a moral woman. She was a righteous woman. She was a woman that used and acted for God's wisdom. And my mom had what I call God common sense. Because, see, this world got common sense that don't always make no sense. But she had God's common sense that could bless you spiritually and naturally, and there is a difference. Because I've seen and heard people say, just use common sense, especially on my job. On my job, that's like a a, a thing, word. Well, they just did use common sense. Common sense to who? Because what's common sense to one may not be common sense to another. It's easy to say use common sense, but what kind of common sense? What experiences have you had versus that other person? 
So what's common sense to you won't be common sense to them. And therefore, we have to use God. So many times before we say those words and think those words, we have to remember everyone didn't grow up in the inner city on the west side of Chicago. Everyone didn't go to the combat zone, and everyone did experience COVID in the same way. Everyone didn't go to Kojic churches. Some went to Catholic churches, and some went to uh, uh, Muslim churches. And so their common sense isn't common sense to us because I can enter the room through the same door that a man enters. But in some places, you can't do that. And common sense would tell them, women, you go through the back door because the men go through this. See, common sense to who? See, our mother was admired by uh, many, even those in politics and those well-known in society. My mama bowled with the police and for the police. My mother did things in the community with her friends, Mrs. Wilson and Miss Jones and Miss Franklin, and they just did so much so that at my mother's home-going service, it was wrapping around the church, the attendees, out the door. You would have thought that a famous rapper or televangelist or uh, someone of the elite status had died, but see, she had that type of uh, persona because God had elevated her to that level. So common sense, God's common sense, says the room was supposed to be full. It says there was supposed to be people standing on the outside to view her body and to support her children and her husband because she embodied honor. She embodied respect. And she gave it, but she would still tell you the truth. I saw something written on Facebook that said, people get offended when you address their sin, but they don't get offended about being convicted for that sin. See, that's powerful, that now when you address someone's sin, they get upset with you for correcting them when it's not you. You're telling them what God told you to say. And so Pastor Troy blessed him yesterday. He said, you know something that I get tired of hearing? People making excuses for their sin and getting upset with me when I'm supposed to be their leader, they say, supposed to be the one that they honor and respect that I hear from the Lord, they say. When they need prayer, they call me, they say, and they do. But when I'm obeying God against their pet sin, that undercover sin, they tell me not only are they aware of it, but they're tired of hearing me of hearing about it, and they've already did this or that. And I said to Pastor Troy, I said, you are preaching. I said, I've been dealing with that for a long time whether it's in ministry, on the job, or wherever. But see, when your love is undeniable, like a mother's love, my mother corrected me many times. I didn't 
get upset with her for correcting me. Many times what she was trying to do was save my life. People of God, this isn't tit for tat. God is using me to save your very life. God is saving my life. Apostle Sandra Thomas, my mother, so many people have um, talked to me about various things that allowed me to grow, that allowed me to know that in spite of all of the hatred, the hard times, even the times when I had to stay with other people because I didn't have a place to stay, all of the bullying, all the backstabbing, all of the picking on me, all of the demonic warfare, all of the thinking, thinking. God not only brought me out of it, but each time he showed me how to give him the glory and the praise for every time that he brought me out and not to take his glory. And because of that, my life is what God says it is. My life reveals who God is in my life. Not saying that my life is perfect, but I'm saying the very definition of life says that in the uh, nephesh, which is a Hebrew word usually translated or living being, someone with life and a soul and a breath. And it's usually whom God gives life to, animals and, and humans. But yet life is also what we live, what we live to the Lord. And when we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, everything we do is still to the Lord. See, we devote ourselves to live to the Lord in honesty and joy and honor. We also know that when we live a good life based on the teachings of Jesus Christ, that not only are we prepared to live with God in our families forever and be joyous in it, we know that we aren't here to endure life. We are here to enjoy life. Many of us are enduring life. We're not enjoying it. I don't know, but when I watched my mother live her life, She appeared to enjoy it. She enjoyed cooking. She enjoyed taking her children here and there. She enjoyed singing songs and and being there for people and being their refuge. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 says, However, God is rich in mercy, and he brought us life with Christ while we were dead as a result of the things that we did wrong. 
He did this because of his great love that he has for us. God, we're saved. The message version says in Philippians 2, 14 and 16, that do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air is this squadron and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so that I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. My, 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 my. That's God speaking. He said we'll be living proof when Jesus returns that he didn't go through all of that for nothing. See, according to Pastor Rick Warren, there are five purposes in a Christian's life that we were created to fulfill by God, to worship him. That's one. To have unselfish fellowship, that's two. To walk in maturity, that's three. To fulfill your God-given ministry, that's four. To take all of those things as a mission that you must fulfill from God. See, my mother fulfilled all of those purposes before she left this earth. She worshiped God. Late in the midnight hours, you could hear her worshiping God with the various programs that used to come on in Chicago. And late at night, you would, they would have these programs on of worship and quartets and, and, and church and everything, which you could still get that, you know, on um, the various religious channels. But this used to be on regular TV, on public TV. And yet our mother fellowshiped with her family. And she drove many, 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 many miles to go and see them and to support them and to make them some biscuits and cornbread and fried chicken and smothered cabbage. And I could go on and on, but they also came to see her. She was very mature and wise. And she was sought out for advice all the time because of the wisdom from God that she had in her belly. That every time she spoke, mm, the wisdom that she spoke with and in, the counseling that she gave many sought refuge, not in her home, Jeff, because they did seek refuge there, but in her counsel, in her advice, because they knew when Angel prayed. When mama prayed, 
when Mama Kaiser prayed. If you wanted to eat, she'd feed you. If you needed money, she'd slip you some. Nobody knew. They said, oh, Aunt Belle, she'll give you some chicken, but she won't give you no money. But they had no idea how many bills got paid and how many times their spouse or their loved one was given money, as we would say, on the down low, especially if you were a man. She never wanted to emancipate a man, especially not in front of his wife and children. But she'd slip them some money here and there because she knew with their pride. They never say, Ain't Bill gave me so much money. Ain't Bill did this, or Mama Bill did this, or Mama Connors. See, her ministry was her family. And everyone she she encountered, her ministry was her children and her spouse. Her ministry was her extended family and loved ones and those that we added to her, like Rennie Rose, who spent more time at our house than at her own house because of the safety. Ah, keraramoroshe, keraramasaya, eh, garamorosa. Because of the refuge hmm, that you experienced in our home, in the presence of our mother and our father, and the very presence of that demonstration of God's love. My mother was a role model and a person that was very supporting in her community spiritually, physically. She fed many, many. It was nothing for her to get in the car and take people here there that needed to go there. It was nothing for her to say, okay, baby, you can't go with the all-city choir this time because we have someone stranded overseas. It was nothing for her to say, yeah, send your child over here because they keep getting pregnant because they won't uh, close their legs. Just send them over here. I'll take care of them. It was nothing for my mother to... Uh, taking a a young lady that just had a child that we knew nothing about it, but she didn't want to go home. And and my mother telling the young lady, baby, you can come back and visit, but you got to go home. My mother, she spoke with wisdom. And the same way she loved us, she wanted that young lady to love her children. I could go on and on and on because, see, when God's love is in your life, and when it's emulated through your mother, hmm, you can navigate in and through and within the violence on the west side and south side of Chicago, knowing that your mother is praying for you. So the angels from heaven have been released in legions to protect you. Because, see, the very achievement of knowing that she was successful and courageous and skillful in accomplishing and fulfilling the very purposes that God sent her, made it where she was able to finish the race. She was able to understand that even according to James 1 that talks about if a man 
lacks wisdom, if anybody lacks wisdom, that they could ask and he would give it. So God gave my mother wisdom beyond things she had ever experienced. You would have thought she had a doctoral degree in counseling and the various things that she did because she had a doctoral degree, but her Ph.D. was from God. So her bachelor's degree was from God. Yes, God. Her associate's degree was from God. Her master's degree was from God. Because, see, she didn't just have the experience of the street. She didn't just have the experience of the academics. She didn't just have the academics of life, but she had the academics of God. There's nothing like a woman that's educated by God. So her confidence was in him. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. See, my mother taught us, don't take his credit, don't take his glory. Put your confidence in God. Brag on him. Guess what? That's what the word said. But know that Romans 12 and 2 talks about, for us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, then we'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. See, we need God's will in our life. We need God's wisdom in our life. We need God in our life. Because Proverbs 16 and 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish it. See, that's why you want God to do it. That's why you want to commit it to him. That's why you want to give him the glory. We had a man that called in on one of the nights that minister. Sylvia was um minister, and he had the nerve to comment on something that I had said, giving God the glory, and said, well, can't she just take the credit for it? It says to commend things to God and that he will establish it. See, if I establish it, I got to keep on doing it and doing it, and I might run out of resources. But when God establishes it, it's done. See, success and achievement is when we're obeying God, when we're empowered by his spirit, when we're motivated by the love of God, when we're directed by his kingdom. See, my mother, she desired and strived to obey God, to treat everyone right and fairly. My mother never tried to fool people for her own game like some people did. We had people in our lives who would give us that car just for us to get it fixed, and then they'd take it back because that's all they wanted in the first place was to get the car fixed. But see, my mother, her love for us was genuine. She didn't do things like that. If she wanted to let us use the car, you just put gas in it. That's a whole nother message right there. My mother would help anyone, whether they deserved it according to society or not. See, I believe, this is what I believe, that my mom's name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that her L is for her loving. Her U is for her love being undeniable. Her L is for the life that she lived before us. Her A is for all of the achievements that she did. Because, see, she was loving, and her love was undeniable. And her life emulated God. And her achievements impacted everyone that she encountered. Because, see, that spells her name, Lula, who demonstrated a love that was undeniable, that you needed to experience in your life. 
and that once you experience her love, loving, undeniable love in your life, your achievements in life were made easy. See, the message on today was God writing the curriculum vitae of our mother that spelled her name Lula. So I end this message today with four words, loving, undeniable achievements. Happy birthday, Mama. I thank God for writing your curriculum details. Minister Sylvia, I turn the program back over to you. Amen, amen, amen. I thank God for being a part of the celebration of our mom, which was so true, every word that the apostle said on today, because our mom was truly a woman walking with, showing, demonstrating, and living the word of love. I remember a time when I said, Ma, I, I don't like this, I don't like that, why this, why that? And she said to me simply in a soft voice, she said, baby, God has put so much love in me. I have love for everyone. Nobody's left short. But I've always wondered why the love my mom gave out, she never really received it outside of our family, her children, our household, without a want. Most of the time people came around our mom, they wanted something. And she knew it, but she would not say it, show it. She just said in her own way, how can I help? I thank God for a mom like that. And she instilled that in us. If I can't help you, don't harm you. I thank God for the mother he gave us, a God-fearing woman that always tried to see the best in everything and everybody. When you're brought up in a house like that, we never thought wanted to leave home or be honest. But when we did, we came back. We was always there. We always had a home to come home to. And I thank God for that kind of mom and for those that came along to share our mom with us because, as Apostle said, they came over, they didn't want to leave. So I want to say to you all today, thank you for taking the time out to celebrate our mom with us. The lines are open for all that wants to make a comment on today. Go ahead and speak now. Okay, we thank God for this Sunday morning. If you come back next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear Apostle Elect speak again about what God has given her to share with us. If you come back tomorrow night for Smile 3 E Iron Sharpening Iron at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear very old Minister Ron Montgomery and Evangelist Tony Montgomery, as well as myself, Sylvia Kaiser, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, co-host with them. If you come back next Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear what God has put in my heart to share with the people of God that's listening. And I just want to say to you all, try Jesus. You tried everything else. You tried the rest, now try the best. 
thing that can ever happen to you, try Jesus. And and I want you to know that um, our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to the woman of God, Apostle-elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, to give us her closing remarks about love and the ability to love, give, receive, and accept. It's back in your hands, Apostle. Amen. Thank you, Minister Sylvia. Question to everyone listening. Can God write your curriculum, Jason? Can God put your first name, your middle name, your last name, your nickname, your pet name, whatever he calls you? Could he take your name and write it like that in the book of life, the Lamb book of life? Could God count on you? to use his common sense and not the world's common sense? Can God count on you to obey him when it's popular and when it's not popular, when they want to hear it and when they don't want it? Can God write your curriculum, do so, and it be Christ-like? Ah, oh, my God. Father God, we thank you for this service. We thank you for Minister Sylvia and all that she done. We thank you for bringing her through on yesterday when she wasn't feeling good, God, and you restored her. We thank you for the restoration. We thank you for the many blessings that you poured upon her from her head to her toe to the inside out. We thank you for her consistency. We thank you for not just waking her up for the program, God, but waking her up in the spirit realm, and taking her to another level, catapulting her to another dimension in you. For your glory, God. Jesus, name. Thank you for all that you've done for the people partnering with Smile3E, just because you love them, and it's undeniable. And it's for their life. And they will have great and mighty achievements for your glory, for they will not take your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bye-bye until tomorrow when it's Minister Sylvia, Minister Ron, and our own elder Mother Tony for Iron Sharpening Iron. Bye-bye.